0: This is Listen In on the Lancer Feed.
1: righty, thank you for joining us. My name is Jack Weaver, and I am the Digital Media Editor for the Lancer Feed. Today, I'm joined by Principal Karen Calcutera, Rockwood Assistant Superintendent of Learning and Support Services, Shelley Willott, and Lafayette Music Department Chair Brad Balog. Thank you all for joining me today. Today we will be discussing Rockwood's Alternative Learning Plan, which students and teachers have been using to stay connected since March 26th. This past week, teachers have held virtual classes on Zoom and collected assignments on Canvas and Google Classroom. So my first question about the ALP is for Dr. Willap. The first positive case of COVID-19 in Missouri was reported on March 7th. On March 11th, Seattle Public Schools was the first major school system to announce they would close due to the coronavirus. At what point did you consider Rockwood schools would end up closing? And when did initial work on the alternative learning plan begin?
0: So, that has all been um, decisions made by school superintendents in the area as to when we're closing. We started talking about the alternative learning plan um, the week before spring break on a Friday when I had um, my one on one with Dr. Miles. And he posed the question to me, What if this really comes to fruition? How are we going to handle this? And I said, Oh, it's fine we've got it we'll, we'll figure it out and um, went back to my office and went oh we better get moving and I watched the news pretty frequently so I could kind of see that it was coming um, so we had talked about some things in our department but we really just kind of jumped into place we've got about 40 people total in the learning and support services department who kind of jumped in and took on different roles and started talking about what we needed to do and then we incorporated a technology department with us as we started planning
1: all right, so what major points did you consider when putting this plan together? Um, what were kind of the key aspects that you wanted to incorporate to make this work?
0: Well, we wanted to make sure that, first of all, it kept us connected to our students. That was That's really what's most important to us, is that this situation puts us in a really odd spot that, we can't, that it's more challenging to keep up with kids and what's going on. Um, the other thing was that we wanted to make sure that there was some normalcy and continuing learning and that routine of regularly getting new material, but not to the point that it stresses teachers or people, our students out. And then um, another important factor that we had to build in was we don't know where this is going to go. And so it had to be flexible enough that if families are unfortunately struck with illness or dealing with other family members that are ill or with the other stresses that this has caused in families' lives, that it's flexible enough that they can deal with those things without having the other added stress of not catching up on schoolwork.
1: Gotcha. So um, Dr. Calatero, on March 23rd, you held that Zoom meeting with uh, department chairs to discuss the AOP and how it's going to work. What were some of the key points you emphasized to those department chairs who then carried out that information to teachers?
2: Well, we reiterated um, the message that we received from Uh, The Rockwood School District as a whole and so we really spent some quality time talking about the opportunities that we wanted to present to our students Um, We shared best practices and creative ideas about how we can stay connected to kids How we can check in with kids and just really um, dug into what supports that we could think of and provide um, during this time Um, after that meeting it was really interesting. I had heard from a couple people, Mr. Baylog included, who's on this call. But um, I had heard from quite a few people that it was just nice to even be back in that format as a leadership team, and you know, during such uncertain times, like we knew that that felt good for us, and we're the adults, and I think that that's what we wanted to be able to present to our kids.
1: So for you, Mr. Baylog, I can only uh, imagine that playing music as a class in a classroom is much easier than trying to do so on Zoom or online. Um, what challenges have you guys faced in that regard, and uh, how have you been able to deal with that?
3: It is true. It's, it's very challenging from uh, a music perspective, and I would say that there's other areas of, I mean, I think all of our teachers are finding a lot of challenges in trying to deliver their curriculum in one form or the other. Some of the the classes like us, like our tech classes, our art classes, facts. You know, PE are probably finding uh, that challenge maybe a little different than some of our other classes. Uh, for us, we're lucky that the district already has some things in place for us um, where they pay for subscriptions for our students at the middle school and high school level for things like smart music, Sight reading factory, things like that where we are able to build in uh, lessons with them on a one-on-one basis for individual performance levels. Uh, So our goal, at least in the Lafayette music department, I also work at Rockwood Valley. Our goal with our kids has been just keep them playing, keep them performing, keep them on their instruments, keep them singing, uh, and keep letting them explore and have fun in music. The ensemble portion of what we do is just, it's impossible to replicate uh, long distance. Uh, I know Ms. Schaefer tried last week to have the choir sing to Epic Failure. Um, (laughs) Just the, the, um, different delays that people have on internet speeds and all of that that have, it's just, it's not possible to do. So, uh, we're working more on a one-on-one level. We're, most of us are doing zoom meetings with our classes once a week, but such a big part of what our groups are in music is the, the community of what we build together. And, um, while we've done some stuff on those zoom calls that are, are instructive in nature, we've also just been together and hanging out and checking in on one each on one another, um, because I'll tell you as an educator that the biggest thing I miss is that one-on-one with all of the kids in the building and with my colleagues uh, it's we try and replicate it as much as we can it's just not the same and as a musician and a, and a teacher of, of fine arts I miss the creative aspect of what we do with our kids every day that's kind of a hole in my heart right now that that is just not fillable.
1: Gotcha so uh, Dr. Kagatera and Dr. Will you can add in as well um, Rockwood's ALP webpage states that students in grades 6 to 12 should have an average of 90 minutes of work a week for each class they take. This 90-minute recommendation is less than half the time students spend in class um, in a typical week. How have teachers been instructed to cut down on the workload and limit which assignments they are giving students?
0: So um, basically we've asked teachers to go to their essential course outcomes and really think through what is going to be essential for kids to have, especially the next year to, that they have to build on, um, and really focus on those things and just cut out anything else that doesn't seem essential. Um, that's a hard task. And Um, I think the one fortunate thing for us is that we didn't start this until fourth quarter. Um, We lose several weeks in fourth quarter anyway because of testing and all the um, activities that go on at the end of the year. So if there there had to be a quarter that this had to happen in, fourth quarter is probably the best quarter. Um, It's still challenging, though, because we are introducing new material during fourth quarter in many cases. So um, just trying to find that balance of what's really, truly essential um, and having those conversations has been really interesting. Um, because there's a lot of debate on that across the district in various content areas.
2: And Jack, I think the other thing that's been helpful is um, our teachers are already in leadership groups in um, PLCs and their professional learning communities, and those are really strong. And those staff members are very thoughtful, and they really understand um, the essential pieces of curriculum. And I think that together, they were able to meet and determine, you know, hey, let's take one, um, like, subject area at a time, and let's really think about what is it that it's absolutely need to get out of this um, subject area and strand. And so I would say that that's probably been another um, piece that has been critical during this is that the professional learning communities that our teachers participate in to make those decisions together.
3: Well, Jack, I can say from a music perspective, not only are we trying to keep all of our musicians moving forward with their level of performance on an individual level and their development that they need, but we're holding on to the hope that we could maybe get a performance in before the year is over. And so part of the things that we're having them get back to us are practicing segments of the music that they've been working on, whether that's uh, Mrs. Bolton getting ready, trying to get a guitar festival in or the orchestra band and choir concerts, we're trying to perform on an individual level. So in the case that maybe we get back with a couple weeks left, we might be able to put something together and give the kids that end of the year performance as well. So we're kind of juggling multiple things with what we're trying to accomplish with our kids. So, uh, Dr.
1: Willat, I know that you guys are currently um, discussing the uh, idea of grades and how that's going to come into play with this ALP. Um, What would be the benefits and potential drawbacks of having the assignments that are given um, through this plan not alter students' grades?
0: Um, We have made some decisions regarding grading. That's going to come out tomorrow. And I will say that it will be to the benefit of our students. And that really was the focus of our conversation is that we don't want anybody to be penalized in any way, shape or form for what is going on. Um, So I think that when all those details come out tomorrow that people will be pleasantly surprised that we've um, worked out a pretty decent plan that will make sure that um, kids aren't penalized for anything that might happen.
2: And Jack, I would like to echo what Dr. Willat said, and this is kind of along that same lines, is I think it's important to know how much work has gone in behind the scenes on making really thoughtful decisions, not only for kids, but the adults involved as well. Um, I was fortunate enough to be a part of um, some of the planning committees and um, discussions about how we're going to move forward. And I think it's important for not only our kids of Lafayette, but even the Rockwood community to know the level of care and concern and thoughtfulness that went into um, really taking good care of each other and making sure that our kids are okay, that our families are okay, and that our staff members are okay. And I really do appreciate, and I think you will as a student as well, when you see um, the decisions that have been made and how, um, again, supportive and thoughtful they are for everyone involved.
0: And I think you should know too that all those discussions were had with teachers. So all week we've been having Zoom calls with focus groups of teachers. Um, I believe there's somewhere between 40 and 50 teachers that were involved in those conversations, getting their thoughts on a variety of scenarios and what that might mean. We had college and career counselors in on those conversations who have been in contact with colleges to see what the implications would be. So we thought of all of those things. We thought about what about if if a family gets sick and can't keep going? What do we do? Is this going to hurt them? We thought about um, what about our kids who are really trying to boost their GPAs for college and scholarships, we thought about what about kids who have extenuating family circumstances that they can't get to their schoolwork every day because they're helping out. So we, we feel like we have a plan that addresses all of those things and gets everybody in the right in the end.
1: Gotcha. So, Mr. Baylog, you are having um, contact with your students probably almost every day, um, whether it be those Zoom meetings or those individual meetings. How would you say students are holding up with this ALP um, and just their personal lives, you're touching in with them, what is that like?
3: Yeah, that's, you know, that's one of the heart. I, we're so used to as teachers and uh, administration and our counselors and everybody that one-on-one contact, just that casual conversation. Um, and you realize as a teacher how important that is when, you, when you're there, but now you really cherish it when you don't have the ability to, when you're walking into the, the door of, of a classroom and just say, hey, how you doing, and get that interaction. I've done a lot of reaching out to kids one-on-one. I know my colleagues are doing the same thing. That's the biggest thing for us right now. I mean, curriculum, it's important. But everybody's well-being is most important because if, if everybody's not in a good place, then the curriculum doesn't mean anything in the first place. So uh, we're doing a lot of different things, whether it's the one-on-ones uh, with emails or the Zoom calls. And I just tried to make Zoom calls as relaxed and as classroom-like as we can because we like to joke around and have a good time in our music classes while still being getting things done. But that community is such an important part of of I think what we're all missing right now. And while we can't replicate it the same way, we're, we're trying to find many, many different ways. I've been very upfront with the kids about it too, that, Hey, if something's not working, please tell us, you know, if the workload we're giving isn't appropriate for what you're trying to get done, please tell us, this is a team effort. All of us together trying to do this. We're supporting one another.
1: All right. And Dr. Cagatera, I know you put out a uh, inspirational video on Instagram, talking to students while you took your walk. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to students, um, to Lancers who might be concerned or worried during this um, completely unprecedented time right now?
2: I would say that if we have kids that are worried or concerned to remember that we are still here and that we will interact with them in any way that we can um, while of course following all health guidelines. And so whether it's somebody that needs a phone call, um, a FaceTime or Zoom call like this, um, or, or some other means, um, is I would want kids to know that we're still here. Like we haven't gone away. Um, we are still accessible. Um, and then the other thing that I've had conversations with kids about is, you know, I know there was a lot of disappointment about things that have been canceled. I know special Olympics being one of them. And we had a really strong leadership team made up of students that were hosting that. And one of the messages, I sent a message to that group specifically. I said, you know, don't forget that you guys are leaders. And yes, you were, you know, well on your way to putting on a beautiful event, but dig into your leadership skills and use those in a different way. I said, reach out to your friends, your peer groups, kids in your grades and the younger grades and find out who needs our help, or find out just how people are doing. And so don't ever forget that you're a leader. And I now just ask that you
1: use your leadership skills in a different way. All righty. Thank you guys so much for joining me.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Listen In. I'm Chloe Baker. And I'm Michaela Arshambo. Be sure to follow the Lancer Feed on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website, lancerfeed.press, and tune in to our next episode of Listen In.